Yeah, thank you. I'm so grateful for the power of the Holy Spirit. He knows every single person in this room and he knows your hearts. I don't know your hearts or where you're at this morning, but the Holy Spirit does. And when I speak, I'm so grateful. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are going to speak above and beyond what I say directly into people's situations. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you know exactly what you want to say to people this morning. You know exactly what's going to bring them to the next level in their walk with you. You know exactly what needs to go out of their lives. You know exactly what you want to impart to them. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We thank you so much. We praise you. And yeah, thank you for the anointing that is upon me to preach the good news. And I pray, Lord God, for that anointing now as I speak. Yeah, come Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So as a church, we've been going through aspects of Jesus' life. So ultimately, that we can aspire to be like Jesus, so that we can copy him. So Rich, a couple of weeks ago, Rich spoke about Jesus looking for lost people. And then last week, Julian spoke about Jesus living a holy life or a life that's set apart for God's special use and special purpose. Today, I'm going to speak about how Jesus lived a spirit-empowered life. I just want to honour Mike and Lynn because when this church was established, was it 30 years ago, Mike? 35 years ago? 40 years ago? 40 years ago? Hallelujah. Praise God. So... Jesus lived a spirit-empowered life. He, he relied on the Holy Spirit for his ministry. And when Lynn and Mike started this church, they were led by the Holy Spirit to plant this church. So I always take great comfort and I get so excited when I think about the fact that this, the work of this church, this church, it was born of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit called it into being. Using Mike and Lynn and their friends at the time, the Holy Spirit established this body of people. And it's been the power of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit working through us for all these years that's kept the life in this body. So we're so grateful for the life of the Holy Spirit in this body of people. So Jesus lived a spirit-empowered life. We're going to read from Luke chapter 3. And Luke chapter 4. And I want you to really listen. I want you to focus in on what the Holy Spirit does in these chapters, in these verses that we're going to read. What is the Holy Spirit doing? What is the work of the Holy Spirit? So in Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22, you can just, just to give you some context to set the scene, John the Baptist has been baptizing people at the Jordan River, and he's already told people when they were asking him, Are you the Messiah? He's already said to them, Listen, I'm going to baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater than I am that I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So that's the context. We're at the Jordan River. John the Baptist is baptizing people and he's saying, but one is coming who's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So verse 21, one day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended upon him like a dove and a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly beloved son and you bring me great joy. 
Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his public ministry. And then it's a, then there's a, a in Luke there's a genealogy of um, Jesus's ancestors, and then it goes on to chapter four, the temptation of Jesus, and we're going to read verses one to twenty-one. So Jesus has been baptized, the heavens have opened, the Holy Spirit has come upon him. Then Jesus, full of the Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for forty days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say that people do not live by bread alone. Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment. And he said, I'll give you the glory of these kingdoms and I'll give you authority over them. The devil said, They're mine to give to anyone I please. I'll give it to you if you will worship me. Jesus replied, the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off the temple. The scriptures say he will order his angels to protect and guard you and they will hold you up in their hands. You won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region and he taught regularly in their synagogues and he was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and he stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favour has come. He rolled up the scroll handed it back to the attendant, sat down, and all eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently, and he began to speak to them. He said, the scripture you have heard has been fulfilled this very day. Everyone spoke well of him and were amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. How can this be, they asked. Isn't this Joseph's son? So did you notice the work of the Holy Spirit through that period in Jesus' life? What, did anything stand out to you? I'd love to know if anything really stood out to you about what the Holy Spirit just did in those in those parts of Scripture. Can what stood out? Yeah, yeah, he empowered him. When Jesus returned from that time of temptation, he was filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Thanks, Michelle. Anyone notice anything else? Yes, yes, how amazing, how amazing. The Holy Spirit led him into a time of severe testing in the wilderness. The Holy Spirit led him into that. And then after that, when he came out, he came out in power. Jill? Yeah, that was his baptism, wasn't it? The Holy Spirit descended upon him. 
And, and as the Holy Spirit descended, because you were sharing with us earlier, weren't you, Joe, about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit descended on him, there was a voice from heaven that really affirmed Jesus. You're my dearly loved Son. You bring me great joy. So the Holy Spirit descended. It was accompanied by a voice. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the next thing, did you notice, when the, in the fulfillment of the scripture, what else did the Holy Spirit do for Jesus? To Jesus, for Jesus. Yeah, do, do you mean when he was in the wilderness? Yeah. Yeah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. Yes. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. When Jesus began his ministry, he ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we see through the rest of the scriptures, when Jesus was ministering, he was ministering in the power of the Holy Spirit. You're right. Yeah. Jesus must have had so much, yeah, so much discernment to know, yeah, thank you, Jesus. Yes, so Jesus ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit, and we can see there in Luke that how some of the ways that that happened. Jesus, when he was ministering, he healed the sick. Only Jesus can heal the sick, and he healed the sick. Jesus cast out demons. Jesus performed miracles. Jesus was good news to the poor. Jesus released captive. Jesus opened blind eyes. Jesus set the oppressed free. Jesus ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was filled. Jesus was empowered. He was anointed to fulfill his call as the Messiah. He was filled, empowered, and anointed. We... You, me, I, us, we, we can be filled, empowered and anointed to fulfill our call as a disciple. Every person in this room has been called. Every person has heard in their spirit the, the voice of Jesus saying, come follow me. Come follow me. We are called to be his disciples. We can be filled, empowered and anointed to fulfill our call as a disciple. The, the filling, the empowering and the anointing is for ministry. It's for mission. The filling of the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit on our lives, it's for ministry. It's so we can minister the good news. It's for mission. It's so we can fulfill the great commission to go, therefore, into all the world and to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The fulfilling and empowering of the anointing of the Holy Spirit is for ministry. It's a flow in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. I was at Chancery Lane Station once and there was a little old lady there preaching the gospel, handing out tracts. I was so inspired by her. I went over to speak to her and I said, oh, it's amazing what you're doing. She said, I could not do this without being filled with the Holy Spirit. This is for everyone. No one in this room can count themselves out of this. No one in this room can count themselves out of it. No insecurity, no lie from the enemy. Whatever you think about yourself, however you see yourself, you cannot, according to Scripture, count yourself out of this baptism and filling and empowering and anointing of the Holy Spirit. 
No one, no one in this room can check out of what I'm saying and say, yeah, it's not for me. I can't be that. I can't have that. I can't do that. The filling and empowering and anointing of the Holy Spirit is for everyone. So let's, look, let's just make sure I'm telling the truth and look in the book of Acts. On the day of Pentecost... So Jesus had promised the disciples that he was going to send the Holy Spirit. The disciples were waiting in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit. The disciples received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came in power and the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. Tongues of fire came upon their heads. They started speaking in unknown languages and crowds gathered around them. And an explanation was required to what on earth was going on. So Peter stood up and began to explain to the crowds that joined them what was happening. And this is what he says in Acts, verse, in Acts chapter 2, verses 15 to 18. Um, the, the crowds had arrived. So Peter stepped, stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowds, Listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. It's nine o'clock in the morning, and it's much too early for that. No, what you see was what is predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And then he goes on to say, he, he, he says a lot of stuff, Peter. He brings a lot of explanation to what's going on. But obviously, I'm just picking out the, the bits about the Holy Spirit. Verse 32 says, Peter says, God raised Jesus from the dead. We're all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the highest to the place of highest honour in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. And then verse 37, Peter's words pierced their hearts. They said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each one of you must repent of your sins. Turn to God and be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children and to those far away. All have been called by the Lord our God. Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all the listeners, save yourself from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptised and added to the church, about 3,000 in all. The Holy Spirit is so important. Holy Spirit, we recognise how important you are. We honour you, Holy Spirit. We worship you, Holy Spirit. We need you, Holy Spirit. You are so important. The Holy Spirit is so important. Jesus led a spirit-empowered life. And the Holy Spirit, I've just read the scriptures to you. I don't think there's anyone in this room who could argue themselves out of believing that the Holy Spirit is for you. The Holy Spirit, if you have repented of your sins, if you have turned to God and been baptised in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, the scripture says you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit 
you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, something happens. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit when you are filled and empowered and anointed by the Holy Spirit. You will never be the same again. It's not a religion. It's not dead. It's not in a stained glass window. This, this baptism that we believe in, the Holy Spirit is empowering us for ministry. He fills us, he comes in, and we minister out to the world. Jesus wants us to go. Jesus wants us to go into all the world and make disciples of the nations. With the filling and empowering and anointing of the Holy Spirit, you can do that. You can do that. You can do that. It's for everyone. It's for all of us. The Holy Spirit anoints us for ministry, for ministry. We are born again believers of the Lord Jesus Christ and we have been anointed for ministry to change the world for Jesus, for Jesus. So 30 seconds, let's have some, let's have some, uh, let's do some research. 30 seconds, that's all you're allowed. When, how, when, when and how will you feel with the Holy Spirit? Let's, let's try and put together a picture of how it happens. Because it's not just theory. It's not just a theory. It's not just a biblical text. It's not just history. There are people in this room that have been baptised with fire. How did it happen? 30 seconds, that's all. Only 30 seconds. I went for jacket Jacob and come out with the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you need to go into a bit more detail. 32 years ago, I only went up for jacket potatoes. Didn't believe in God at all. Not at all. And I said so much bad things, but when I come out of that place, everybody see me and they all ask for prayer because God just lifted me off the bed and done something amazing. Don't know what still, but it's amazing. So people prayed for you? Prayed, come Holy Spirit? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Anyone else? 30 seconds, because it happens in lots of ways. I don't want us to think like there's one way that the Holy Spirit comes or, yeah, anyway, go on, DJ, Holy Spirit. Have you been baptised with fire? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so when I uh, come into the presence of the Lord three years ago, I saw a man preaching. Uh, he went up, gave me a word of knowledge, and then asked if I wanted Jesus to be in my life. Said yes, then got like hit with the force of the presence, like a hammer, and it smashed me into pieces. And I got knocked over and flung backwards. <laughs> Have you ever been the same since? Never. I left that place <laughs> drunk on love. <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone else? Wendy? You're all witnesses, you see. If this, if this was a courtroom, I'm calling together all the witnesses to prove the existence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Well, Katie, this is because it's different to everyone yeah, else. This was even before I knew about Jesus. I was in my house over the road in Grosvenor Close. And I, was walk I remember I was walking from the lounge to the kitchen and the Holy Spirit came, and I just knew it was God. And then about two weeks later, I went to church, and I've been going ever since. Yeah. So you were a home mind in your own business. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Afterwards, I did find out afterward, people were praying in the area. Come on. Yeah. Yes, people were praying for you, just for the area. Yes, people were praying for the area of Debden and you were minding your own business in your house and the Holy Spirit hit you. Yes, 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 do it again, Lord. 
Do it again. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Okay, so we're building a strong case, aren't we? I don't know what the defence are going to say against the Holy Spirit, but I feel like we're building a strong case for the the existence of the Holy Spirit, baptising people. Anyone else? Anyone else? Go on, Jackie. Well, I got baptised December the 3rd, and uh, from that day on, I loved the soaps, used to watch them all every night. I wouldn't even, you know, if it was coming on, I'd say, I've got to go off the phone, Emmerdale's on, Coronation Street, 60 years. And I just went completely off them. I couldn't bring myself to watch any of them anymore. In fact, when I see clips of, like, advertisements, they all looked ugly and weird. And I thought, oh, <laughs> they look demonic. So I just can't stand watching any violence anymore. Well, I ain't been baptised yet, but I'm hoping to in the next month. And, um, <laughs> no, be- no, because, you know, like my wife, I met her eight years ago, and um, I, even though I've been brought up a Catholic and all the rest of it, and like I don't always make the right choice, <laughs> choices, so probably bad ones. But but um, no, I've, I've done some things like what you lot would do, got like godly and all that, yeah. And then instead of putting it on people, I've sort of like took that away and left it to God and he's dealt with them. And that is actually true because I've been arrested and all that thing. And I thought, right, now I'm just going to leave it to him and he, he dealt with it, you know what I mean? So and I met a woman on the train going to Chelsea the other day. So I'm a, I'm a big Chelsea fan, yeah? So just happened, I was, I was with my little boy, I was going to Chelsea, and, uh, Chelsea this and then she goes... Uh, Oh, are you from there? Yeah, 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 yeah. I said, oh, my wife does the, the preaching up here, whatever you yeah, lot do, yeah. Okay. And yeah, on a Thursday. And then she turned up there. She ain't even a believer. And she turned up and said, who's the boxer's, who's the boxer's wife? Yeah. And she come and spoke yeah. to us. Thank you, too. We've been praying for Noel that he's a... We, we call him Evangelist Noel now, yeah. even though we don't know. We've been calling, it, calling him out in the spirit. Yeah. He's had a lot of prayer. So when he gets baptised, hopefully in the next couple of weeks... I'm gonna. We're all gonna be rejoicing. Yeah. All right. I'm not going to go into it massively now, but we're talking about two different types of baptisms, like the baptism and um, what Chris and Jackie and Noel have all said. They're talking about being baptised in water, and that is such a massive part of this whole journey that we're speaking about. That baptism in water, and. So, yeah, baptism in water is a choice that we make, that, that like the Holy Spirit doesn't force us, pick us up, drop us in that water, duck us under. It's that, that, that is a, we make that free will choice to obey the scriptures, to believe in Jesus and be baptized. And that, so that is a baptism. And then the Holy Spirit baptism is something as well. It's an, an extra thing that happens as well as being baptised in water. We're baptised with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So it's like the water baptism is a physical thing and then the Holy Spirit baptism is what God imparts in, in to us for empowerment and anointing and equipping to be like Jackie and to be ministering to people. So um, go on, Mark, one more, one more. Oh, I know... You get an initial um, feeling of the Holy Spirit when you become a Christian, but it's, a, it's an ongoing thing. I mean, years after we become Christians, we we were we had some friends around, and we were just having, we were just praying together, and um, the Holy Spirit come, and we all four of us ended up on the floor 
face down for over an hour and we could not move. We could not get off the floor. So God carries on filling us. You know, the Holy Spirit keeps filling us. It's not, not a one-time one, one thing. And I think you get, yeah. keep getting renewed. And yeah. And yeah, thank you so much for saying that, Mark. That is such an essential point that you've made. Because obviously I'm focusing and I'm asking you about the first time that you experienced that baptism in the Holy Spirit and the time when you know that you've never been the same since. But thank you, because for all of us who are walking this journey for the rest of our lives until the day we die, let's continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's continually be empowered for ministry. Let's continually carry that anointing for ministry. So thank you so much. That Fresh baptism, fresh fire, fresh baptism, fresh fire. Because when you walk with the Lord for decades, you can dry out, you can burn out. All kinds of things can happen. You can grow cold in your love of the Lord. So we have to have that hunger and that passion. Yeah, I guess, I guess like, it'd be really hard for us to, you know, theologically pin this down, what we're talking about, and, and say exactly what's happening and, you know, articulate it all perfectly. But I just hope that we're getting a sense of what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit empowered Jesus for ministry. The Holy Spirit empowers us for ministry. So for me, I, I'd been hungry for God in my own heart. No one really knew about it. I was living a life that didn't look anything like like anything close to godly but I was hungry in my heart and I was asking God privately God if you're real I want to know this was 20 over 20 years ago God if you're real I want to know God if you're real I want to know I was having this personal relationship with God didn't even know who it was just God didn't know about Jesus and then a friend invited me to church and on that day when my friend invited me to church I thought oh, I might meet with God at church so I went with her to church and as we arrived in the building and uh, someone led us in the prayer that Jackie led Christian in, a simple prayer, really repenting, like Peter said in the book of Acts, we, me and my friends who went to church that day, we repented of our sins, we invited Jesus to come into our lives, we thanked him for dying on the cross for us, and then a, a lady came up to me and my friend, and she placed her hand on our heads. Obviously, we had no context for what was going on. I'd never read the Bible. All I'd done as a child was go to church. I thought Jesus was a stained glass window and that was it. No understanding whatsoever of what I was getting myself into other than having a heart that was truly saying, God, if you're real, I want to know you. But that was the extent of it. This woman laid her hands on our foreheads and said, fill them with your Holy Spirit, Lord. And I have never been the same since. I am utterly different from the person that I was when I walked into that church. My mind has been completely renewed. My behavior has been completely transformed. My priorities have been turned upside down. I, this, is all, this is all because of the Holy Spirit. I have a hunger for the Word of God. I, I can read this book and engage with it and understand it and allow it to transform me. That is because of the Holy Spirit. I have a hunger to pray, and when I pray, I pray with faith that my prayers will be answered and that I will see things changing and being transformed. That is because of the Holy Spirit. I have a compassion in my heart for people. I am concentrating and focused on loss to heal the sick. When I lay my hands on the sick, 
I will see them recovered. That faith comes from the Holy Spirit. I have discernment and authority to cast out unclean spirits that are harassing and tormenting people's lives and unclean spirits that are operating in the area that I have, I live in. I have authority and discernment to see what's going on and to cast them out in Jesus' name. This is because of the Holy Spirit. This is because I'm empowered and anointed by the Holy Spirit. I get convicted of my sin. I can relate to Jackie about not being able to watch the telly, not being able to look at magazines, not being able to engage in the world in a way that I would have done without the Holy Spirit. When I sin, I get convicted. It's because the Holy Spirit is at work in my life. I have completely lost my appetite for the things of this world. The things of this world do not interest me. The materialistic the materialistic gain that this world is living for is not my concern. I can, my concern is the kingdom of God. That is my concern. And it's because of the Holy Spirit. It's because of the Holy Spirit. It's because I have been empowered and anointed and filled with the Holy Spirit. I have a strong desire for fellowship. And we can see when Jill is sharing with us and saying how much she loves coming to this meeting and she loves us. That's the Holy Spirit at work in her, giving her that desire to be together with other believers, to be together with other people who love Jesus. The Holy Spirit ultimately empowers us to lay down our lives for Jesus. It's not about you anymore it's not about me anymore we see the holy spirit in jesus leading him to the cross to lay down his life to suffer to bleed to die to be crucified for the sins of the world to fulfill his mission as the messiah to fulfill his mission as the savior the Holy Spirit led him, empowered him to the cross to lay down his life for us. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to lay down our lives for him. It's not about us anymore. Galatians 2.20 says, My old life has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Just like Jesus who ultimately went to the cross to sacrifice his life for mankind, if you have given your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit will empower you to die to yourself, to die to flesh and to live for Christ. To live for Christ, to live for Christ, to live for Christ. So, like, Mark's brought us that really important point about being constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. Just a, like a reality check. Obviously, we are filled and empowered and anointed by the Holy Spirit. We're still human. I still get angry. I still behave selfishly. I still get wound up with my neighbour when she parks in front of my house. I still, um, I still behave in a worldly manner. I still get tired and bored of the things of God. I've been hurt. I've had grief in my life. You know, we're still human beings. But, but 
for us today, the, the, the trajectory of our hearts, the intention, the desire of our heart is come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, fill me, empower me, anoint me. God, if I live, I live for you. God, if I live, I live for you. So let's just wait on the Holy Spirit. I want to see what he wants to do. I know he wants to <laughs> come and fill us. Okay, we're going to carry on praying for people and laying hands on people.